all our soul. Can't hear you. Um, he's simply auditing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry. Yeah. Hola, so thank you for letting me know. Hola, so good morning. We begin the cycle once again in our wheel of dharma, our ten-spoked wheel of dharma. With the practice, it's very easy to overlook, to marginalize, have a sense. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Settling body, speech, and mind. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Whatever. Let's get on to the practice. Big mistake. Settling the body in its natural state. Loose. Relaxed. Still and vigilant. If you watch your mind, whenever either of the two mental afflictions of craving or hostility arises, watch your body. See whether there's not a contraction, a tightening up. Whether it's, I want it, I want it, I've got to keep it, I've got to keep it. Craving for what we don't have, attachment for what we do. Is that not a kind of a seizure? A tightening up. Oh, I can't stand this. I hope this doesn't happen. Oh, it has happened. I can't stand it. Seizure. We're going, we're going, it's kind of an epilepsy of the mind. We're going to a seizure either way, but either way, that looseness, the stillness, the vigilance, gone. So watch your body. That's the first symptom that you've been, you've just been struck. You've just been infected. So just making that a habit, not just when you're sitting on the cushion in between sessions, when you're walking and so forth. Even when your body is in motion, loose, relaxed, an inner stillness of the mind, vigilance, maintain a good posture when you're walking, when you're sitting and so forth. The breathing. Watch when your mind is infected by craving or hostility. See whether it influences the breathing. Whether it gets constricted, tight, a bit intense, forced. Watch. I'll bet it's every single time. And the stronger the mental affliction, the stronger the outbreak of craving or hostility, watch the breathing. Dead giveaway. Learning how to settle the, the respiration in its natural state. Learning how to attend closely to something you can control and not doing it. That's enormous. Some of you have difficulty with that. Good. That means you're recognizing a real problem. And not just overlooking it entirely. To be able to observe something that you can control and not control it. What a marvelous preparation for the shamatha practice of settling the mind in this natural state, where you can so easily modify the thoughts and emotions and so forth, so easily activate your dualistic coarse mind to get in there and try to control samsara and not do it. So settling respiration natural rhythm, not trivial, really a skill to be cultivated. And then settling the mind in this natural state. All of this is a preliminary for major meditation, right? In a way, we're starting at the end. And that is when you're way up there on the... I mentioned this earlier, ten days ago or so. When you're way up there in the advanced stages of Dzogchen, up in the Tutgel, the direct leap over stage, that's where Dujum Lingba says, now just settle your body. Rest your body like a corpse in a charnel ground. Rest your speech like a, le- like a lute on which the strings have been cut and let rest your mind in a state of total inactivity. And this is the supreme method for realizing Dharmakaya. 
such that all of the vital energies, the mind, will come into the, into the central channel, into the heart, and you realize, realize Dhanaka. At the beginning, so at the end. So, oh boy, talk about not trivial. Settling your mind, your mind so that it's loose and relaxed, just the opposite of what happens when the mind becomes wrought up, carried away, bent out of shape by craving hostility. It's disturbed, activated, set compulsively into motion by craving and hostility, dulled by the cognitive distortions that arise through craving and hostility. Settling the mind is natural state utterly crucial. If we look at these two mental afflictions, let alone the root from which they arise, you see, these are the most virulent toxins, the most destructive diseases on the planet. I just did a little bit of research on the bubonic plague, the Black Death. 14th century. 14th century. Between 1348 and 1350, the Black Death or the bubonic plague wiped out between 30 and 60, 30 and 60 percent of the European population in two years. The disease came from China, was carried along the Silk Route by rats, and in the 14th century the population dropped from about 450 million to 350 or 375 million. World population dropped by 20 percent. I'm using this as an analogy. The three mental diseases of delusion, craving, and hostility are far more destructive than that. That was one century. By the 19th century, it was pretty much gone. But in one century. But the mental afflictions, the three fundamental toxins, delusion, craving, hostility, they have bludgeoned humanity for every century. And it hasn't vanished. The bubonic plague is something we don't need to, you know, Stay awake up nights worrying about it anymore. But the three toxins of the mind, oh, they're still very young. Bubonic plague was carried by rats, which carried fleas, which carried the actual disease itself. The rat of the mind is dualistic grasping. This reified grasping on the subject-object. I'm radically over here, you're radically over there. Radically subject over here, radically over, object over there. That's the rat. That's the carrier. Right. And then the fleas. The fleas. These are craving and hostility. These, and then the fleas. The fleas are Obsessive-compulsive delusion disorder. That is, that's what carries it. That's what makes it contagious. Right? And then the disease itself is the craving, the hostility, delusion, and then all of the symptoms or all the misery that arises in the world because of these mental afflictions. And they are contagious. Radically contagious. And they don't come from China. They don't come from America or Europe. They're just all over the place. And so we need a strategy. The rat is that dualistic grasping, that reification of subject and object. And then it's carried 
by this obsessive compulsive flow of thinking, which then erupts as the symptoms of craving and hostility and all of the behavior that ensues from it. So how can we protect ourselves from this bubonic plague of the mind, this black death? In many ways, all of Dharma is the response to that. All of Dharma. But one way, one way to strategy, a strategy, almost like a military strategy, we have this massive epidemic, global epidemic, that's infecting the minds of every sentient being. If we can get in there like a skillful doctor, Say, all right, let's cut the food line, the food chain, cut the food chain. If you can just cut the obsessive compulsive delusional disorder, if you can just cut the obsessive flow of thinking, the rumination and so forth, then the mental afflictions of craving and hostility won't manifest, not in this gross, virulent fashion. And the reason for that is that all mental afflictions are carried by the conceptual mind. Delusion, craving, hostility, pride, envy, all of them, all mental addictions are carried by the conceptual mind. They're carried by the fleas of the conceptual mind. It's not to say that all conceptual minds are bad, obviously, or not. But it is still true. Every mental affliction is all the carrier of every mental affliction is the conceptual mind. That's true. Vipassana is also carried by the conceptual mind. That is, we investigate, we probe. The cultivation of, the cultivate developmental approach to Dharma is carried by the conceptual mind. You're visualizing your nadis, your chakras, visualizing the mandala, you're reciting mantras, discursive meditation on Lamrim. That's also good, no problem. Conceptual mind can, can be the carrier of Dharma also. But the obsessive compulsive flow of conceptualization, well, that just shoots that just demolishes our psychological immune system. And those thoughts, those ruminating, obsessive, compulsive thoughts, they're the carrier. They're the carrier of all mental afflictions. They are what makes it contagious. So settling the mind into natural state, not so trivial. Setting the body, the speech, the mind. And with every outbreath, releasing releasing the fleas. The fleas of the mind, which are always buzzing in there, just ready to bite you and infect you with one more mental affliction. Just, it's like a fan that every outbreath, go away, fleas. Go away, fleas. Imagine back there in the 14th century, that's all you really needed to do, is just stay away from the fleas. That would have protected you. Just stay away from the fleas. So easy. Not so easy. There are fleas everywhere. So every outbreath, releasing, releasing, releasing. Protect yourself. Protect your mind become, from becoming infected. Such that it, so easily, when the mind is infected, it flows out the speech, and then we infect others with our craving, our hostility, our arrogance, our envy, and so forth. Protect your mind. Protect others by settling your mind into natural state. So these three root poisons of the mind, diseases of the mind, 
but the root of all suffering. And oddly enough, tragically enough, modern medical science isn't even seeking a cure. Not even seeking a cure. That's, I mean, millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars are spent every year on medical research. And where's a dollar being spent on finding a, a cure, a radical cure for craving, hostility, and delusion? Where's one dollar being spent? We're living in the dark ages. Really the dark ages. And what's suppressing the vision of our own flourishing more than anything else, I believe, is this materialistic notion. You're just an animal. You're just a body. You're just a brain. The brain's doing everything. It's just brain chemistry. It's genetics. It's environment. It's all physical. Don't get your hopes up. You're just an animal. And you really don't have much. You don't even actually make any choices. Your brain's doing everything. You're just pre-programmed. I'm sorry, I think that's a vicious view. I think it's not only delusional, I think it's vicious. Because it suppresses any hope of freedom. That's my opinion. You don't have to share it. But I think materialism is a black death of the mind. So, let's practice. Let's try to heal ourselves. In the spirit of loving-kindness, seeking happiness for yourself and others, and with a wise aspiration to cultivate the causes of genuine happiness, let your awareness descend into the body and fill the space of the body. Set your body at ease, in stillness, in vigilance, establishing 
an equilibrium, a living equilibrium in your body. And utterly surrender all control or all illusion of control over your respiration. Attending closely to the sensations of the respiration throughout the body. Being fully mindful throughout the body. With every out-breath, relax more and more deeply in the body. With every out-breath, utterly release the breath, holding nothing back. With every out-breath, release the fleas of the mind, these vagrant, wandering, buzzing thoughts.
release all the way through the end of the out-breath. And keep on releasing. Keep on releasing even as the breath flows in. Let the in-breath be as effortless as the out-breath. Letting the breathing flow as effortlessly as if you were deep asleep. Then allow yourself the freedom rather than self-imposing the lack of freedom to release all concerns about the future and the past, all your hopes and fears. All your craving and your aversion and let your awareness come to rest in stillness in the present moment. Gently let your awareness permeate the whole field of the body, quietly, non-conceptually, attending to the sensations of the breath wherever they're most distinct. And simply noting, when the in-breath is long, noting that it is long, when the out-breath is long, noting that it is long. And as your whole system calms down, and the volume of air that your body needs decreases, When the in-breath is short, know that it is short. And when the out-breath is short, know that it is short.
monitor the body, speech, and mind. The body, the respiration, and the mind. With your faculty of introspection. And apply the remedies when you fall out of balance. Relaxing, letting go, and returning. You see your mind has been carried away by distraction. Refreshing our interest and focusing clearly in the present moment. When you see that your mind has imploded into dullness and laxity. In this way, sustain the flow of balance, the equilibrium of body, speech, and mind. And let's continue practicing now in silence.
muscle. Otherwise, it has to be gently relentless in releasing this old addiction to rumination. Be present, be sane. It's very healthy. Good night.